If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to Philippians chapter 4. We'll be there for just a few moments. This morning, we get a unique opportunity to hear from a brother that we support um, in another part of the country. And so we get to watch a video that he recorded for us and is, is sent to us in order to encourage us. And this is from the effort of one of our deacons, Ryan Watson, who has um, been serving in that area uh, to support the evangelists that we are financially supporting and to connect with them and to have them send us something to encourage us. So appreciate his efforts in making that happen for this morning. And that is something that we will benefit from. I've watched the video from Kyle a few times and it'll be helpful for us. Kyle lives and preaches in Boston, Massachusetts. And so he does good work for God's kingdom up in the Northeast. Now it's no secret that that is not the easiest place to live and to preach. It is a little bit more of a, uh, it's a different culture than what we live in here. And so we very much appreciate his work and all that he does there uh, to serve in God's kingdom. So before we watch his video, I'd like us to just look at Philippians chapter 4 for a few moments to see what it felt like for Paul when he received aid from the Philippian church and to see what that meant to him. So we can really kind of come to grips with what we are doing when we help with the work of a man preaching here today. And so I'd like us to start by reading Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10, and we'll make just a few points from that before we watch our video. Paul there says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to, be, to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, that when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Um, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for the, my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So notice just a few things with me. That the first the Philippians had concern for Paul. They had care for Paul and that is what brought Paul joy initially. It wasn't just what Paul received that mattered to him. It's that there was a group of God's people that cared enough about him to ask about him and to try to provide for him, even if they didn't have an opportunity early on. The joy that Paul received came from the care that he was given. And we like to think like this sometimes, don't we? Whenever we receive a gift that, you know, the gift itself is not all that it is intended to be. It's not the greatest gift we'd ever receive, but we always say it's the thought that counts. We know what it's like to have that uh, joy from someone showing concern for us. And that's how Paul felt, because that matters more 
the care that someone shows matters more than the gift itself. Because initially, they didn't have an opportunity to send anything. And Paul still had joy um, for how they had cared for him. And if we put ourselves in their shoes, we can likely see how their concern led them to pray for the work Paul was doing and how they were involved in it in more ways than just financial. They saw his needs and they didn't turn away from him. They were involved financially, emotionally, and spiritually for Paul. That is the work of the gospel on the body of Christ, isn't it? That each part comes together to help make sure that we can glorify Christ with what we do. So we're going to do that this morning. After we watch Kyle's video, we're going to end by praying for the evangelists that we support so that we can be a part of them in more ways than one. But Paul is thankful for that he is strengthened in Christ. He doesn't need so much financially because he has Jesus. That's why he's able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is strengthened because he has learned how to deal with much and little. But Christ is the strengthening power in Paul's life. Paul's standards are just so spiritually focused. He is so God-focused in everything that he has and receives and he does. And I think there's something we can learn from that. But in verse 14 and following, Paul says the Philippians did more than just be concerned for him. They aren't just worried about his financial state. They share in his trouble. Isn't that interesting? Paul isn't just receiving a check from them or a Venmo, if we're in today's terms, but he is experiencing a bond with the people in Philippi who are sharing in his trouble. He is, um, they are entering into a partnership with Paul. Because of their gift, they are now a part of the work that Paul is doing now. They are unique in this because Paul says no other church had joined with Paul in this. Perhaps they gave out of their means in a way that they felt it. They were sharing in the work with Paul. They were involved in every way that they could be. And so they sent funds more than once even. In verse 16 it tells us they sent them continually. And so Paul really had the church in Philippi as part of his life. They were sharing in his work. And then finally, the gift was pleasing to God. Because they gave a gift to God, and here's what Paul says about it. It is in verse 18, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable, and it is pleasing to God. Do you see how all of these things are God-focused even still? Paul is foremost interested in what the gift he receives means to God more than what it means to him. Now, he is also saying earlier in the verse, I am well supplied, having more than what I needed. He does recognize the practicalities of the gift he has been given, but he doesn't say that three times. He says God is impressed by this gift three times, and that's what he wants for the church in Philippi. And so as a result, God takes care of the giver as well as the needs of the giver. Not necessarily the physical needs, but the riches to the glory of Christ Jesus. There are spiritual gifts that are given that God will bestow on his givers. And so for us this morning, we are blessed to be able to support so many preachers around the world. Paul had so much encouragement from Christians simply giving him money so he could preach. And we can make a big impact in people's lives, bigger than we realize. 
by being willing to share with them and the work that they are uh, doing. So Kyle's devotion that he will show here in just a moment will be out of Psalm 61. So if you want to be turning your Bibles to Psalm 61, he'll be bringing us some encouragement in this video. So I hope you'll pay attention and enjoy uh, so that we can um, be exhorted this week. Hi, brothers and sisters. My name is Kyle Bennett. I'm one of the evangelists with the Christians in Boston, Massachusetts. First, I want to begin by saying thank you. All of you with the church have partnered with me in the Lord's work in Boston since I began in early 2018. Your love, support, and prayers have greatly strengthened and encouraged me and my family. I'm humbled that you sacrifice of your means to allow me to devote myself full-time to this work. Thank you again. If you would, open your Bibles to Psalm 61. Psalm 61. The other day, I was feeling emotionally worn out and discouraged. And I know I'm not the only person who feels this way. We all feel faint at certain times or moments in our lives. You may even be feeling that way right now. And as I was feeling overwhelmed, I searched for a psalm to help calm my heart. And I found Psalm 61, a psalm written by David. David knew difficulties. As you may know, his life was full of them. And several of David's psalms are written during these times of distress, and Psalm 61 is one of them. David begins Psalm 61 by saying, Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. David looks up to find himself at the end of the earth. He's far away from home. He feels alone. And David's heart is faint. He's exhausted. He wants to keep going, but he doesn't have the strength. David's thoughts in Psalm 61 resonated with me and how I was feeling. They helped me through my low moment, and I know the psalm will help you too. So let's read Psalm 61 together. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you, and my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. What do I need to know when my heart is faint? What does David want to teach me about the Lord in this psalm? Well, number one, David wants me to know that the Lord hears me. David begins the psalm with the understanding that God hears him. Verses 1 and 2, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. 
And also notice in verse 5 where David recognizes that the Lord has heard him. For you, O God, have heard my vows. David cries to the Lord because David knows he is being heard. And this teaches me. There's no place I can go where God cannot hear me. David knows that even from the end of the earth, he can call and the Lord will hear. There's nowhere that he can go from God's presence. There's nowhere I can go from God's presence. God is not bound like we are. God is always able to hear us when we call out to him. That's because God is bigger than the earth itself. He is outside the earth. This is true about my physical location. But it's also true of my spiritual condition or location. Maybe one of the reasons that I'm feeling faint is because of my sinfulness. Maybe I'm enduring the consequences of my actions. There are multiple examples in Scripture of times such as Jonah or King Manasseh showing that God hears even when I am spiritually distant from him. God can always hear me. And the fact that he can hear us, this is nothing new. It's not surprising. Intellectually, we all know this. However, we need to be reminded of it. When we're faint, we can forget. We can become self-focused. We can begin to think there is no hope. We need to be reminded the Lord hears no matter where we are. These facts about God are important for us to know when we are overwhelmed. This should give us comfort and encourage us to pray to the Lord when our hearts are faint. What else do I need to know when I'm discouraged? What else does David want me to know from this psalm? I need to know that the Lord leads me to safety. Read with me again in the middle of verse 2, where it begins with, Lead me, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. David calls the Lord to lead him to safety. I want you to notice the terms David uses in these verses. Verse 2, he says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David is calling for God to lead him from the end of the earth to a high rock that's off in the distance. This high rock is this feeling of safety. When I'm on that rock, I'm safe. Notice verse 3 where David says that uh, God has been his refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. David is pointing to this fortified place that's within a city. This strong tower that everyone would run to when an enemy attacks. Again, this tower, it's a picture of safety. David's calling God to bring me to safety. By the way, all three of these terms, God is a rock, a refuge, a strong tower. These are descriptions throughout the Psalms that David and other writers use to describe God. He is these things. David is calling for God to bring him near for protection and safety. But now look at verse 4. Let me dwell in your tent forever. 
God's tent is a reference to the tabernacle, the place where God dwells with his people. David is asking, let me live in your presence forever. Verse 4 expands that even more. As you continue on where it says, let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. This is a beautiful picture of closeness with God. Instead of just staying in the tabernacle, David is asking God to let him be under the shelter of his wings. This is a reference to that Ark of the Covenant. What was on top of the Ark of the Covenant? The cherubim with their wings outspread covering the top. This would be the mercy seat. This would be God's location. That place that only the high priest once a year could go in. But David is asking, God, let me come into your most holy place. Let me be in your presence. That's how close David wants to be with the Lord. In his distress, David doesn't just want to be protected by God. He wants to rest next to the Lord like a child snuggling in close to its mother or a baby bird tucking up close under the wing. Why do we need safety? Well, when my heart is faint, I'm vulnerable. I easily fall to the snares that Satan places before me. I'm easy prey for his temptation. So in my low moments, I need to pray to God to give me protection, to bring me safety. Call on him to bring me under his wings. Call on him to lead me from the end of the earth to a safe place with him. But now that I'm reminded that the Lord hears my cry, he leads me to safety, how should we respond? Well, look at what David says in verse 8 where he basically says we should worship God forever. Read verse 8 with me. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day? Our life's work will be to praise God's name and perform our vows every day. We do this because of the Lord's steadfast love. He heard our cries when we were faint. He led us to the safety on the high rock. He brought us near his presence in his tent. He brought us under his wings behind the curtain. And when you study through the book of Hebrews, you realize that this is all done for us because of Jesus. Because God sent his son to die on the cross opening that curtain so that we could be in God's presence. God didn't do this because we are special, because we deserve it. God did it because he loves us. And the only natural response to God's immense love is to love him in return and worship and praise him. To live for him as David says, performing our vows day after day. All of us 
We'll come to a moment when we feel like we are at the end of our limits. We'll feel tired, discouraged. Let's use Psalm 61 and learn from David what he knows about the Lord. Let's pray to the Lord. Let's call out to him when our heart is faint. We can know that God will hear us. There is no place on earth that's too far away that he can't hear. Let's cry out to him to lead us to safety. God will answer. He will guide us through our trial. He will lead us to his high rock. He will let us dwell in his tent. He will give us refuge under the shelter of his wings. Praise be to God. For his steadfast love endures forever. Thank you for everything you've done. And God bless. I appreciate Kyle for sending that to us. It's encouraging to see the gospel being preached in other parts of the world and how they can reach us and encourage us in a new way. Um, so I'd like to close my part at least for the lesson this morning by saying a prayer to God <clears throat> and ask him to be with these men that we support and to thank him for the work that his gospel is doing across the world. So let's pray together and bow before our God. Our God, our King, our Father, we're so impressed, Lord, at your love and your power, how you have shown us who you are, how we have come to know your Son who died on the cross for us. We see your immense power and love and grace and mercy and how it has been given to us and bestowed upon us, and we are just overwhelmed, God, that you would allow us to be your people. And God, we are aware of the efforts that people continually are a part of and that we are a part of as the gospel is shared to more and more who would want to be yours. And we, God, we pray that you would bless those efforts. We pray that they are fruitful in bringing more souls to you, that the hope of the resurrection may be spread among your people and that more and more people will recognize Jesus as their Savior, being baptized and following him every day. God, we pray specifically for the men that we support, uh, Reuben Amador, Kyle Bennett, Johannes Lamboro, Daniel Lee, Buddy Payne, David Rafe, Juan Salazar, Tim Stevens, Wayne Walker, and then, of course, the, the three of us that uh, preach here locally, uh, David, Tim, and myself. We thank you for the efforts that this church family has put forward together to support the men here financially, spiritually, and emotionally, that we are a part of the gospel being spread. God, help us to increase and to excel still more in our efforts in the gospel. We know how important it is that your son be preached to everyone, and that everyone hear the call of his name, wanting to be a part of him, we thank you, God, for that, that the gospel has reached us because we are sinners in need of your grace and mercy and we are thankful that we have been saved because of your son and what he has done for us. Keep us strong in your kingdom, God. Help us to be your people more and more each day, more committed, more devoted servants of yours. Help us as we worship this morning to be uh, encouraged in all that we do, and more importantly, to worship you, giving you the glory for all that you are. We love you, God, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing a song together. Uh, we serve a mighty God, and the good news of his Son is worth sharing with everyone. 
So thanks be to God that we can be a part of such an important work. So may we increase as we do this. Let's stand together as we sing.